This is Neve Bushnell from Tech Ireland, and today we are with Anna Scali, who is our advisor for FinTech for Innovation Nation 2019. Anna, thank you so much for doing this and, uh, and for being an advisor for Tech Ireland this year. Not at all. Delighted to be here, Neve, and uh, looking forward to seeing the publication. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're a couple of weeks away, but it's looking good. It's Great. looking good. So, so tell us a bit about your background before we dive into all of this great fintech story in Ireland in 2019. Tell us a little bit about your background in the sector. So Neve, I'm a partner in KPMG here in Ireland. Um, I also lead our fintech practice and I'm part of KPMG's global fintech leadership group. Um, I've been hanging around the scene for quite a while um, and probably if it goes back to 15 was probably early, early 2015 was probably when I really got sunk into the fintech scene here in Ireland. Great. Uh, it's such a it's such a, a, a deep rooted and interesting and multi sector scene of itself, right? I mean, sometimes it's even hard to say fintech as a as a label because there's so much to it. But let's dive into it. Um, you have chosen ten companies as the headline companies for the book, and we've had a lot of discussion about this, which we've needed to have, right? Because as you know, Tech Ireland is tracking 170 plus fintech companies in Ireland. And to whittle that down to 10 companies who made it big in 2018 is an impossible task. So what we decided to do with you was to look at the companies who were funded in 2018. And from that much smaller list of less than 20, you have picked the 10 headline companies that people will find in the book. So I think that was a great lens prompted by you to kind of say, okay, let's bring this all the way down to who got funding during 2018, because there's lots of other great companies out there that don't make that list, and let's focus on those. But tell us a couple of the companies, go through a couple of the headline companies for us that you really like. Yeah, so it was a real struggle, Neve, actually, to come up with 10 companies, because as you say, there were 170 on the list. Um, so I think we were fairly pragmatic and looked at those that got funded in 2018. And so there's probably just three or four of them maybe that I'd like to just call out, I suppose, and talk, tell you why I picked them Great. on my list. Um, the first was Leverus. Uh, so Leverus raised money in 2018. Uh, and what do Leverus do? Um, Leverus brand themselves, I think, as saying they, they want to build a bank in a box. So they provide an end-to-end -end digital solution for banks. And to me, there has to be a massive market opportunity for Leverus in this area. Every legacy bank is trying to become much more digital. And every legacy bank has legacy solutions and they're going to struggle in that regard. So I really see uh, Leverus as having a great opportunity in this area. And I've been tracking them for, for a while. So I know they were in stealth mode for a couple of years before they outed themselves. But I came across Connor and the team at uh, Web Summit in Lisbon back in 2016 when they were uh, demonstrating on the in the MoneyConf area. And in fact, MoneyConf, as you probably know, is now a spin-out conference itself and will be back, it will be here in Dublin in June. Um, great last, conference. Great conference. Last year I emceed one of the stages there uh, and had great fun meeting with all of the different speakers um, and attendees at it. And I look forward to doing that again in June this year. So Leverus is one that I call out. Yeah, and they did. They they had a large funding round in twenty eighteen as well. So, um, they're yeah, and 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 they're such a great uh, Connor, such a a great leader with a couple of co founders there. And as you say, I think they've got big big global ambitions and uh, and the wherewithal to make it happen. Yeah, they have a great team, and hopefully the funding that they brought on in two thousand eighteen is going to enable them to accelerate their progress uh, globally. Um. Next company I'd probably call out, it was formerly called Rubicoin, 
but uh, has recently rebranded as My Wall Street. So uh, Emmett Savage is one of the co-founders there and I would have come across Emmett uh, on my travels over the last number of years. Um, and this is an incredible company actually and I'm really thrilled to see that they got material funding in 2018 because I think that this will help to propel them onto the international stage. And what they do is they help hundreds of thousands of people to invest successfully or to learn how to invest successfully. Um, and they probably don't do a whole lot here in Ireland. As yeah. in they probably don't have a whole lot of customers here in Ireland, which is the theme we can touch on later for a lot of our other fintech companies. But uh, but Emmett and the team there in, in my Wall Street are doing fantastic work, working with hundreds of thousands of people literally around the world on their investment strategies. So I'm really, really interested to see now how they're going to develop uh, through 219. Yeah, I, I love um, Rubicoin now, my Wall Street. I think Emmett, if I'm if I'm not wrong, he started off, or one of the things he was doing, and he may well still be doing this, is writing for Motley Fool. So he's, a, he's a, I mean, talk well, about a guy who knows how to invest and how to advise others, right? Well, it was Motley Fool who have uh, assembled the investors for their latest funding round. Well, so there you go. There you go. So uh, um, it does appear that they have managed to secure money through that Motley Fool connection uh, a couple of times over the last number of years and most recently in their recent fundraising. Great. Well, good for them. The, the third one, I suppose, that I will call out, and we'll touch on other companies as we go through our little chat, um, but the other one that I'd like to call out is AQ Metrics. Mm. So uh, Geraldine Gibson set up AQ Metrics a couple of years ago. I think Geraldine was in Norcom or one of she probably she from the early days of, of, of fintech in Ireland. Um, and AQ Metrics, interestingly, is a company that we, in my day job, I suppose, in KPMG, noticed back in 2017. And we call them out. We have a, um, a tracker called the FinTech 100 that we do with H2 Ventures. And globally, we list the top 50 FinTechs in the world and then the 50 ones to watch. And actually, AQ Metrics were one of the companies called out as one of the global ones to watch in 2017. So it's great to see that they've gone on from strength to strength through 218, managing to secure additional funding. Um, and again, like most Irish companies, going international. Um, and what AQ Metrics does, it's in the risk and regulatory reporting space, which is a really, really hot area. And if you look at the predictions for 219 and where the whole fintech and that subset regtech is going, um, regulations are not getting any easier. Right. Um, companies are having to deal with huge complexity from a regulatory perspective. And I think that presents a huge opportunity for AQ Metrics as they build and grow out over 219. Yeah, absolutely. Geraldine is such an impressive lady. We interviewed her um, for Female Founder Fridays as part of the 100 million campaign oh, for yeah. female founder funding in 2018. And uh, the depth of experience that she has, the decades upon decades that she has been doing what she is doing, um, makes you very excited to see where she's going to go next. And she's managed to bring a lot of her team along the journey with her. So the people that are sitting beside her, her CTO and other key members of the team in AQ Metrics are the same people that she worked with in lots of previous roles. So she's kind of, you know, made a whole career out of this area. And uh, and as you say, you know, they're, they're one of the, the absolutely ones to watch. For, for 2019 and going forward. Yeah, I don't think she'll thank you now for saying decades and decades. Decades <laughs> and decades, like, like but I, myself. But I, I, I think what that brings up actually, which is really, really interesting, is that um, FinTech, I mentioned 2015 at the start of the, of the interview. 2015 was when, when it sort of all got outed. Um, and that is an important year for me because it was the year we set up the FinTech and Payments Association of Ireland, actually, of which I was a founding member with Col Colm Lyon, who uh, we might touch on later. 
But what's important about that is actually when we, the reason we brought things together and tried to actually put an association together back in 2015 was it was very clear that fintech has been very strong in Ireland for many years but that there just wasn't a face or a brand there bringing it all together. Uh, and I think it, it's quite amazing if you look at what Geraldine has done, right, and has managed to you know, come out of Norcom, build, you know, be in a number of different companies, bring her team with her, and now building AQ Metrics. If we actually look at a number of the players in the FinTech scene, that has been replicated. So we have a number of entrepreneurs, who have grown fintech companies, exited fintech companies, and are now investing in the new wave of fintech companies. And there's probably just a couple of people there that I, I would like to yeah, call out. Yeah, call them out, absolutely. I mean, certainly, obviously, Colm Lyon, who I mentioned there, Colm sold uh, his company, Relex, to Global Payments a couple of years back. And is, instead of retiring, he's busy building fire, which is, which is amazing. And it's great to see somebody with such experience, so enthusiastic about the industry and back building, uh, back building another company again. I mean, if we look at Jerry Barry, who's probably a bit quieter, we don't often see Jerry. Jerry sold Fintrex back in 2012 and is really the guy behind Privity, which is one of the companies being built out of Galway. Yeah. Um, if we look at Paul Keeley, I mean, we mentioned Norcom there. I mean, Paul obviously sold out of Norcom a couple of years ago, but it didn't slink away either. And he's, you know, working away with the guys in Fenergo as chairman there and supporting where Fenergo are going. And certainly he's an awful lot to bring there from his experience. And another company just to call out, which is, you know, when we talk about a rich history of fintech in Ireland, I mean, Fexco, we have to call out Fexco. I have to say Fexco. Like, they're almost 30 years old and um, they have grown and developed and morphed what they are doing over the last number of years, but they truly are fintech leaders. And if we see Fexco, they're obviously themselves very publicly branching into various different areas, but also behind the scenes, they're supporting other companies. So they're obviously building an innovation center out in Clorglen, which will support a number of different companies down in there Kerry, yeah. in Kerry. Um, and also, my understanding is that they're one of the investors that put money into Camberest, which is one of the companies on my top 10 for this year as well. Yeah. Uh, so it is great to see people who have been deeply involved in the industry. I suppose I could call out probably Paul Byrne, who's gone in as CEO of Currency Fair as well. So people who've been there, done that in other companies for many, many years, who are back in, not they never disappeared. They have continued to, to, be, you know, in to be in the game, which is fantastic. And I think that that is, you know, a, that, that shows we have longevity, I suppose, in, in fintech, but we probably didn't call it that back in the day. Um, we have great, great serial entrepreneurs and great, great um, professionals that are building these companies and are now supporting a lot of the early stage companies. So I think that is a, that is something that we should call out because it's, um, it, it's great to see. And, yeah. Um, continued success, I suppose. Yeah, and it says a lot, I guess, about the environment. I mean, and we will touch on this in policy later on if we get a chance, but, you know, the, the environment, if people are creating, serial entrepreneurs are creating new companies in Ireland out of success stories that they've had. So the environment is here. And we're actually going to talk about talent, I know, in a minute as well. So that's part of that environment. So it's, it's great to see those companies and those people do it again, but it's great to see that this environment provides them with that motivation to go again, I think. Yeah, well, it does. And there's a, there's a lot of, I suppose, constituent elements to the environment. But I suppose it is important. I mean, we look across fintech and we say, why fintech in Ireland? And why would you continue to build and, and you know build new companies in Ireland? It's probably not a big surprise, right? So if you take the whole ecosystem, right, we have over 105,000 people employed in the tech sector here in Ireland. 
with over 40,000 employed in the financial services sector. And as best we can track it, there's probably about 11,000 that you'd call out being employed in the fintech sector. And that's a bit rough and ready because obviously fintech is really the true intersection between financial services and technology. Um, and that provides, I mean, we have the talented individuals here. We have the domestic base of companies and we've called out just 170 of them in, in yeah. Tech Ireland in the, in the fintech list. We obviously have the international companies that are located here. We have a very good um, and dynamic set of investors. So, I mean, we have great VCs here in Ireland. Probably one of them, I'd probably call out, has probably been a bit more prolific than others in the fintech space. It's probably Frontline. Yeah. I mean, if I if I look at my list of companies that Frontline have invested in, uh, there's probably a number of them: Linked Finance, Currency Fair, Metrics, Pointy, Payslip. So, they've probably been a bit more prolific uh, than some others. But actually, and probably not given all the credit that they should be, is Enterprise Ireland. I mean, they're more than a funder, but in this particular instance here, if we look at a lot of the fintech companies on the Tech Ireland list, and you look behind them, many of them have been, a huge number of them have been supported by Enterprise Ireland. So I think it's important to point that out as well. Absolutely, big time. It's such an important seizure of the environment here in Ireland from a funding and from other perspectives as well. Yeah. Before we go into kind of like, in multinational companies and other things that are happening in the industry, one of the things that you pointed out to me before the interview started was the regional nature, the, the, the good distribution, let's call it, of fintech around the country. Yeah, it's, it's quite amazing actually when you look at it. So obviously there is a fairly high density and a very high density here in Dublin and that is to be expected and that is not unusual. But when you actually look behind it, there is actually a fantastic regional spread. So I mentioned Fexco earlier, right? If you look at Kerry, obviously they're based down there, but they're not the only company that's based down in Kerry as well. So we have Monex and Taximo who've come out of Kerry as well. If we look across to the Western Seaboard, we have Privity and Pippet who are based down in Galway and Kilkenny, the, the metropolis of fintech, <laughs> so where we have Taxback and Transfermate. And obviously there's a long and rich and deep history in Kilkenny of, of, um, of fintech. In fact, one of, one of the... Um, when we were talking about the environment and people coming out of companies and building other companies, I mean, Fidelma McGurk is probably a great example of somebody who would have worked with Taxback and has now got her own startup, which was funded this year, Payslip. Um, and so I suppose just to, just to call that out is that it's, it's not all about Dublin. Um, it is, certainly has a great regional spread. And if you look, I mean, if you look across the country and down, down to the south, uh, and we're not even talking about what's going on in Northern Ireland, there's obviously a number of really strong companies, mainly international though, I'm afraid, who are based in Belfast, but certainly huge regional spread. And that's a great opportunity actually for Ireland because it does mean, and it's, it's very clear, that you can build a fintech company from anywhere here in Ireland. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. We get fintech. We get it and yeah. we have experience. Yeah. Um, and that experience is seeded around the country, which is fantastic. Yeah. One of the other interesting things though that you've pointed out to me is that a lot of these companies, no matter how large, would not be known as household names here. No. I mean, when I think of Fenergo, and you mentioned Paul Curley yeah. and Mark Murphy obviously is the CEO there. When I think of Mayor Street and kind of back near East Wall in Dublin, I think of Fenergo. Yeah. You know? And yet people wouldn't know that there's 700 people there that they're this huge Irish company that are as you say that are connecting into banks globally it's you know that's kind of the Irish predicament I guess right it is I suppose but with the domestic market of less than five million people um, Irish companies in all sectors from the get-go are forced to look global um, 
And that's a really interesting challenge, I suppose, for all companies because it does introduce complexity very early on for companies that they have to deal with. But if you look at a company like Fenergo, it went from three founders, and you mentioned Mark there, and I know Niall is CTO there, three founders, um, and now 700 people doing business with huge international banks uh, in an area that is incredibly complex. Again, they're in the regulatory space and helping you know banks and other financial institutions to know their clients and to stay compliant with all of the myriad of regulatory um, changes that they are faced with. And it's amazing. I mean, if you actually look, uh, if you asked, obviously, the, the man on the street, you know, probably has never heard of Fenergo. Yep. Or Fexco, or, right? yeah, or Well, they may have seen Fexco because they will have some, some shops around the place. But certainly, Corelytics might be a, num a number, of the, another one as well, doing business with big enterprises. And that is a feature of a lot of the, the um, businesses that are being built and that are being built in the fintech space here in Ireland. They are enterprise focused. They are looking to do business with big, complex organisations and they're successfully managing to do that. But we're not probably seeing you know, the, the consumer brands. I mean, if you look at some of the international fintech companies, they may be more focused around the consumer. For example, Revolut, for example, who's just announced yes. they, they're likely to do something here in Dublin very shortly to service their customers here and broader. But they're consumer facing brands that are being built. We're probably much more heavily focused on the enterprise side of things. And that's not a surprise because we have always been forced to get in a plane and do business with big organisations. And Irish companies typically are very good at that. We're very good at that. The, the, the plumbing, which is not the, not the nicest way, I guess, of describing it, but we're not at the front. Like you say, we're less B2C, we're more the B2B, yeah. the, the, the Intel inside. Um, you've touched on Revolut, so let's talk about global companies, multinational companies that are here and what they're doing here from a fintech perspective. Yeah, there's obviously a broad swathe of international companies um, based here in Ireland, but just a couple that I, I will call out. Obviously, there's, there's the tradi I call them traditional tech. They're becoming traditional tech, but they're not really. <laughs> the old ones <laughs> in the room. Yeah, the, the, the older ones in the room now. Um, if, if we look, and they're not old at all. If we look at Facebook and Google, for example. So Facebook obviously um, applied for and secured an e-money license here in Ireland. Um, Google very recently, only in December, announced that they had secured a payment license here in Ireland. So I think that's a, a signal of intent, right? <laughs> I'm not so sure there's a huge amount going on yet uh, from the payments and fintech side of things here in Ireland with those companies, there clearly is globally. But I think securing those licenses here in Ireland is certainly a signal of intent. I mean, an, another company that I would call out, which is firmly in the, the fintech space and is a, a newer one, um, is Stripe. So obviously Stripe was set set up by um, Patrick and John Collison, two very proud Irishmen, uh, or certainly we're very proud of them of and them, what they yes. have done. I mean, last in the last two or three weeks or so, um, if you measure the value of companies based on funding, and that's not always the, the best metric in the world, but certainly Stripe, if you were to measure it under that metric, is currently, they say, valued at 22 billion. And that's been unbelievable. Um, from a, an early stage startup to a company now that, that, has, that, um, that has that value is absolutely unbelievable. But what I'm probably most interested and most proud of actually when, when you think about something like Stripe is that they have started to build out an operation here in Dublin as well. And they have over 100 people here in Dublin, which is fantastic, doing all sorts of activities. But as they announced back in 2018, they would be and have gone on to build an R&D centre here in Ireland. So to do research and development here in Ireland. And that is a real vote of confidence, I think, here in Ireland in the talent that we have. 
Um, but it's also great to see companies. It's not just often you do get complaints about international companies just doing back office or maybe middle office if you're lucky here in Ireland. I mean, certainly Stripe have put their money where their mouth is and are building out R&D capability here in Ireland, which you know I, I think is fantastic to see. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's and, and we've talked about this and I talk to startups about this all yeah. the time. There is that kind of double-edged sword. So at the same time as we see multinationals who came in and some of even the, the, the much older ones like the you know the Intels and the HPs yeah. and the Cisco's and the Dells and all those guys who you know did come in here maybe with admin and back office and middle office stuff going on and then lifted that up to sales and marketing and then lifted it up again into R&D capabilities yeah. and building product and IP out of Ireland that's such an exciting success story for Ireland and it shows so much about the environment and the talent here but what the startups are saying is but what does that equal for us yeah. for us that equals that we have to compete not only for the marketing and the sales talent yeah. um, with these multinationals. Now we're competing against them for the engineering talent as well. So, you know. Yeah, no, it, it is it is, a, it is a real challenge and uh, I'm very sympathetic to that and talk to and listen to an awful lot of Irish companies. And talent is the big issue and access to talent. But it's not just an Irish issue. I mean, if you look at a number of the US-based multinationals, they have problems securing good engineering talent in the US and elsewhere. But Ireland is a very attractive place for people to, to live and to work. And so that's what we need to, I suppose, capitalise on. So yes, we can build it from the ground up and we're, we're trying very hard to encourage people to stay doing STEM subjects and to go on and uh, study in the science, engineering uh, and maths areas. And we are doing a lot more there. You know, I wish was on earlier this year in the ORDS trying to encourage girls from transition year to keep going uh, with their studies in that area. That'll take time. We need to continue, you know, to focus on the education system to get more people um, competent, I suppose, and confident to work in engineering and technology spaces. But we also need to continue to make sure that Ireland continues to be a good place to live and work for Irish people and those internationally who'd like to come and work here. And, and that we know is a challenge. So this morning, um, was it ECA International came yeah. out with came out with some research saying that Dublin was one of the top ten locations it, cities in the world to live, uh, and they pointed to the real great reasons why Dublin is a great place to live. And I firmly believe it is. Being somebody who was born and bred in Dublin, has chosen to stay here <laughs> uh, in Dublin after spending many years, you know, time abroad. You know, you come back and, and stayed here in Ireland, but. Um, there are obviously challenges that go with that, right? And we know that. We know there's a housing crisis. We know cost competitiveness is an issue. One of the other headlines I think in the paper today is traffic congestion, and, and that they are issues that we need to tackle. I mean, but other areas that we do need to tackle in order to continue to make Ireland, you know, and, and not just Dublin, but Ireland a good place for tech talent to live so that there is enough for the Irish indigenous companies as well as the multinationals. I mean, we do have to tackle areas like competitiveness and housing and tax. My day job is being a tax partner here in KPMG and oh my goodness, my conversations with early stage companies in particular and the challenges that they face, you know, around compensating and rewarding and remunerating their talent yeah. with share options or their difficulties in securing funding and the challenges that the EIIS program present for them. There are real challenges there. Entrepreneurs Relief is another area that we want to make people ambitious to grow and scale companies from Ireland, there are huge improvements that we could be making in that area. There are, and simplifying, simplifying. tax codes yeah. 
for multinational or for a startup. For, for startups, I should say. no, for, yes, for everyone. It's, it's quite, it's quite <laughs> for simple for the multinational. No, no, for, for early stage companies, it, it yes. is important. And, and I would, you know, try to compensate and remunerate your employees. Which is absolutely key going back to talent, you know, because people who know startups and who want to get involved in startups and are culturally aligned with startups want shares. Yeah, they want to be part of the they risk. They want to be part of the, uh, and the growth and the opportunity that might be there. Yeah. And so and it is a super way of aligning, you know, employees to the mission of the company. Yeah. So a super way. So there's there's clearly a lot more that needs to be done there. Yeah. Well, you can probably hear some of the frustration in my voice. I can, <laughs> so. I can, and I and I share it with you. And, and there is stuff being done, but oh, yeah. we need to keep pushing it forward, right? We I do. think we, policy is a big issue. We do. We can't let, let it slip because really talent... And I know talking to you know all companies, talent is absolutely critical, and we need to be creative about how we continue to encourage and foster and grow talent. Because without super talented people, we are not going to be able to grow and scale an awful lot of the really really promising fintech companies that are there. Absolutely. Now we touched um, on on before we started the interview, we touched on Brexit, and you were telling yeah. me about some of the because this does go back to housing and traffic and talent. Our, your understanding is that there's a whole bunch of projects coming into Ireland. I mean, obviously some have been announced like Barclays, but there's a bunch more t taking advantage of our, our, Ireland is capitalising on Brexit well for the fin, fin financial services I mean, financial sector, services, it's broader than, than it's fintech. It's much broader than fintech. Yeah. So, you know, there have been a number of announcements by companies, you know, particularly in the financial services side, that they are moving or that they're going to, you know, build up teams here in Ireland. Um, IDA earlier in the year announced that there were 55 projects, Brexit-related projects, either that had happened or were in the offing. Um, and that is in the broader financial services space. But that is, you know, on the one hand, a great opportunity for Ireland um, that we will have more financial services. And financial services are all becoming digital and, and tech, so much more fintech, I think, as a result. But that does mean also we've got to look out for those challenges that we've talked about already because they'll only be exacerbated. Um, so it is a great opportunity, but we need to be really, really careful that we are also, we don't take our eye off the ball, particularly for indigenous Irish companies, and we support them in meeting the challenges that they face. But I think from a getting Ireland on the map perspective, um, it's not a bad thing that we have a number of other international companies who are actually choosing Ireland as their location of choice to build and locate some of their regulated and financial services activities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we kind of come to what what you'd like to see in 2019 and kind of you know some of some of the opportunities that you think we have uh let's mention another couple of the ecosystem players i mean you did oh, mention yeah. finpay ireland um you did mention fpa ireland fintech and payments association of ireland great so fintech I did and payments association you did mention fintech ireland should also mention as well because uh, peter oaks there has been great at as was communicating what's going on in the ecosystem um, and then if I'm calling out Peter, I should also call out Michael Concanon, who is running FPAAI, such as the Fintech and Payments Association. They're great supporters. What I should also probably mention is we don't really have a Fintech Accelerator live in Ireland at the moment, but we did have, um, and that was run by Accenture. Obviously, if we go back a couple of years and there was a, a number Another of different... large dish. presence in Ireland, Accenture. Absolutely. Very significant presence here. And they have Fintech Accelerators around the world and have run that program here in Dublin a, a couple of times. And... It might be time to think about running one again, not necessarily Accenture, it can, it can be somebody else as well. But if you just look at the list of companies that you're tracking need even on Tech Ireland, I mean, AssureHedge, QuartzDesk, TouchTech Payments, they're all companies that are doing very well, they're growing, and they all, 
you know accelerated I suppose through that through that accelerator yeah so that I suppose is an important part of the ecosystem and it's probably worth thinking about at the moment and um, is there an opportunity to do something like that again now in 219 yeah you're yeah. reminding me also of MasterCard's accelerator oh. and the innovation hub and that's a classic story right yeah of, I mean and I'm I'm quite close to it because um Orbiscom is uh, an Irish company that was bought by MasterCard in 2009 that I worked for in New York. So I know Gary Lyons very well. And uh, and so because of Gary and because of that purchase, uh, MasterCard set up their innovation, Global Innovation Lab, I believe, yeah. Global Innovation Hub here in Dublin. And out of that came an accelerator and loads of other, other initiatives that put Ireland on the map when it came to payments yeah. um, so I think you know is, isn't that a great example of like a, you know an Irish an I, Irish company that then brings in a multinational and then yeah and then, and then grows and now MasterCard are here and they probably wouldn't have been except for Orbiscom and the talent and the people that they had working there so so it is a great example um, it's also a it's also a good example of the risk <laughs> Irish companies get bought by international companies um, which is you know, great on the one hand, but we do want to see a balance of Irish companies being bought and Irish companies growing and scaling internationally themselves and them they, they becoming big brand names themselves. Exactly. Right. And that's why, you know, we always need to talk about companies like Venergo and Fexco and Monix and all of these companies that, that are going absolutely, I mean, they've yeah. gone global and they're going more and more global. So I think that's probably the only time which Irish people on the street will know about these companies when they get absolutely huge. Yeah, you that's know? true. Because that will help the education system as well. And when people know that these are household names and that they're Irish companies, they'll be more inspired maybe to think of them as opportunities for themselves as, as careers in the future. Absolutely. Um, one other thing that we need to mention um, that we're close to at Tech Ireland is the M1 payments card or oh, yeah. in which is really, as they say themselves, kind of a payments card or that is expanding from Belfast down to Dublin and there's a couple of really interesting companies up there um, Yapstone being one of them uh, that comes to mind PayPal um, is another and you know they may be starting off in the kind of the back middle office space but there's a lot of talk about expanding that and seeing a, a really strong payments cluster um, setting up in the kind of Drada Dundalk area which is super yeah super to see that as well again yeah. another example of a regional opportunity and the fact that fintech you know is pervasive through Ireland. Absolutely. So so talk to us about looking forward yeah. um your wish list or your frustrations or what you would like to see that hasn't been done yet that you believe Ireland can do in fintech. Yeah, I suppose every year or for the last number of years KPMG has produced a pulse of fintech which is a global pulse of fintech and in fact the current version, which uh, covers, it does a wrap up for 2018, is just being launched this month. Um, I suppose one of my frustrations, and I alluded to it earlier, is that there is a huge amount of money being invested in fintech globally, either through VC, PE, or M&A opportunities. Um, and 2018 has been an absolute high for that. Uh, and in fairness, it's been probably it has been a very good year here in Ireland. But I just don't think we're getting the we're getting our fair share of the money that is available for investing in companies. So if I look at you know the pulse of fintech and I look at the top five deals that were done in Europe in fintech, um, they were all done in London. So that sorry, when I say top five, I mean five out of ten. If I look at the top ten, five out of the top ten deals were London-based deals. Okay. And 
that bothers me greatly in that we're only 50 minutes away on a plane from from London and yet companies are being uh, scaled very very significantly in London and I know there is obviously a huge culture and the city of London was there for many many years but we too have a very dynamic um, financial services um, I suppose environment here in Ireland and what I would like to see I suppose is more both Irish but also international uh, funds being invested in Irish companies to help grow and scale those companies. Um, and I would also like to see Ireland be recognised for the superlocation that it is for fintech. So when I look across my colleagues within the KPMG world and they're busy shouting London and they're trying to shout Berlin or Frankfurt probably actually on the fintech side, um, I want them to be shouting Dublin and I want them to see what is going on here in Ireland. So that is, I suppose, one of my frustrations is that we need to continue, and I personally need to continue to do this, to, to do a better job of building Ireland's brand as a location for fintech and payments. And that's certainly what I'm going to continue to do in 2019, not just within my own KPMG network, but my much broader fintech network and making sure that the international companies that I work with um, and my international peers get to see a bit more of what's going on here in Ireland so they can recognise it for the really strong place it is from a fintech and payments perspective. Absolutely. And, and you know, as we've talked through some of the companies, the, there, there is the stories are there, the companies are there, the, the opportunities are there. So along with strong voices like your, your own and the payments organisations that are here um, and the fintech organisations that are here, uh, these companies will be flying the flag for Ireland in 2019 and um, and we'll help them we'll help them do it and it's great to hear Anna that you care so much about that because I think getting Ireland out there as a as a brand is so important for us across all innovation areas in Ireland and uh, we you know we we do a lot of great work but people don't know that it's Irish exactly often. yeah and I think we need to do a better job about talking about those success stories um, and getting brand Ireland and Ireland being synonymous with fintech out there Super. Well, thank you so much. I think that's a great place to leave the conversation. Thank you for a great interview and for being the advisor for Innovation Nation 2019 for FinTech. Not at all. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of a series Tech Ireland has developed to accompany the launch of Innovation Nation 2019, our coffee table book and go-to guide to innovation in Ireland. To listen to other great discussions from this series about innovation-driven cities in Ireland and world-class companies here, Go to the content section of techgarland.org and select podcasts. You can also purchase a copy of the Innovation Nation book from our website under the heading 2019 in the main menu of techgarland.org. Thank you.